Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Super Cast Brothers podcast, the podcast where sometimes Jonna blows out my ears, sometimes I blow out his pre-show with a pre-show for a reason, kids. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Did not think such a simple episode would have that intro, happen. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you just got to get it going or else you're just going to devolve into a giggle fit. And then you're never going to get started. We've been there. We've been there. It's happened. Mm -hmm. But it's (laughs) another Smashtopia episode uh, here in season four. And uh, we're going to be covering a series that we haven't discussed much of uh, so far on the past. We haven't done a character for them yet. uh, And I don't think we've done too much for them elsewise either. Maybe a little bit. I not currently mm-hmm. looking at the... I normally chart this, but I'm not currently looking at that chart. But again, you know, Smash. why do I ever ask Mysterious about it when it's in the fucking title? I just... Yeah. I don't know. It just feels fun to me. Sue uh, me. Uh, don't uh, sue uh, me. You won't get uh, shit. I don't know if that's also part of the tune or if I just bullshitted something. But it's close. It's, it's close. Animal Crossing! It's you Animal make, Crossing. Also, if you can see that, yeah. if you're watching the video, you can see that we have the town and city stage in a background behind our cameras. So it's kind of fucking obvious. So I try and put the backgrounds be somewhat related to the characters. And yes, Jono is holding up the Tom Nook amiibo. Uh, honestly, one of two Animal Crossing amiibos that I kind of want. The other one is Mr. Rossetti. I want Rossetti. Uh, Isabel's okay. I... She's just not a top favorite for me. But Mr. Rossetti, there's a hell yeah. He's a fun guy. He'd probably stand. But yeah. not a fun guy. Yeah. 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 It's like you, if you're on the earth. That's like the ground. I'm in a basement right now. Does that count? Close enough. Okay. I am underground, technically. That's true. Safe from tornadoes, but not people who don't have the games. No safe scumming people. <laughs> We've How never sad done that, that, right? Basically retired. Yeah, honestly, the fact that they put him out of a job in New Leaf is very sad. Like, what the fuck, guys? Uh-huh. That said, it was annoying every time you reset and he just puts you into a speech. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you want to reset a lot so you can see all the different speeches, and it takes a long time to get through them all, and then they start repeating. Yep. I'm also disappointed they took him out of being an assist trophy. Agreed. I would have rather kept Mr. Rossetti as a distraction assist trophy than the Nintendogs. Yeah. What if the Nintendogs and him swapped positions? And the Nintendogs berated you, and Mr. Versetti's pawed at the screen lovingly. I don't think it would be lovingly. I think he'd be waving around his pickaxe ferociously. Yeah. And that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, it would. It would. Not not to talk shit on the Nintendogs assist trophy, because I do like that they changed the, dog, the breed of the dog in each game. Like, that's a really cool idea. If they didn't mm-hmm. do that, if it was still like the little, what was it, a Labrador puppy, I think, in the, in Brawl, then I would be like, wow. Really? 
could have kept Mr. Rossetti. Yep. Or done a Cranky yep. Kong, where he could have done a similar kind of rant style thing. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Ah, well. We'll get hit. We'll get Cranky Kong playable in the next game, though. So. I would love that, but I think there's another character standing in his way. Not after the Super Mario Brothers movie. Just kidding. You're right. <laughs> Donkey Kong Seth Rogen edition will be the next Donkey Kong character added to Smash. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> hey, he gets the fire power up now. It's great. Yep, 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 yep. And he's and, Seth Rogen. He, and he's daddy issues. Yeah. I don't we all. A little don't bit. We all. A little bit. Relatable, yeah. Uh, with that Christ. said, with that said, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into our Smashtopia showcases? Uh, talking about, you know, if you haven't typed in any one of these, we'd like to take this little section before we get into the, you know, actual character we're going to discuss, where we can highlight some submissions that are on the Smashtopia wiki, which is pretty much just stuff that we've made that didn't happen on the podcast. So we just have a chance to uh, talk about it, maybe discuss some things that we were kind of proud of, or a series that would otherwise not get a focus on the podcast for mm-hmm. one reason or another. But, John, uh, we usually have you go ahead and start with these, so why don't you uh, give us what your first what your first showcase is today. Well, are you thirsty for a little something sweet, something sticky? I mean, I have water. Like, like pancakes and butter. Oh, syrup. Wait. Okay. Yeah. But actually, more like a sweet, sweet nectar. From oh. a base of flour that you and your fellow Pikmin can eat um, together. That makes more sense. Grow to grow your buds. Mm. So, um, well, anyway, uh, the ne- nectar will is from Pikmin, the Pikmin nectar. Um, they love it. It's their favorite snack. Olimar and Elf know that. Louie and Brittany and Charlie and the president of Hakatate, a lot of other little tiny humanoid creatures from the Pikmin world know this. And whoever the from... new captains are going to be in Pikmin 4. Yeah. Kimo, Luke, and Visago. These are their names. Yeah, they... These are their names. Yep, yep. They, they know it too. Uh, so they also know that nectar comes in four colors, generally speaking. White, red, blue, and yellow. It does? Um, so, well, in Smash it does. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I don't remember that in Pikmin, but all mm-hmm. right. Yeah, in, in Pikmin it's more just a standard translucent whitish yellow, and they just drink it. Um, But in... <laughs> In in Smashtopia, wow. it's color it's color it's color coded, it's color coded um, to represent the flower that you're going to then subsequently grow on your head. It's um, so like you drink the lipstick yellow. flower, or yes, it looks more like a Pikmin flower. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So so not like lipstick, and where because lipstick hurts you, yes. you know, if you have a flower on your head, uh, this helps you. Uh, helpful flower. So you grow a Pikmin flower on your head, and the color of the flower corresponds to the color of the nectar that you drink. 
You can drink white nectar and have a white flower, red nectar, blue, yellow, have a corresponding color for each flower on your head. White flowers, and they all release pollen. So you press the A button or standard button and you're shaking your head around with the flower on your head and po visible pollen is being like spores are coming out from the flower and they travel out a, a, a fair ways, a few good feet. Um, and if you're caught by it, you're, you're dealt like non-flinching light percentage damage that corresponds its element to the color of the flower. So white is just kind of a standard one that just damages opponents. Red, fire, blue is ice, and yellow is electric. Um, would blue be ice opponent... or would it be water? I just couldn't visualize how water would work in this. Okay, fair enough. Since, um, but yeah, yeah, I figure it was at least adjacent. Um, touch an opponent with the flower itself and you'll diss out a little more damage. Um, that's it. That's Weird. It. It's like Ice Climber's Blizzard, but weaker and it happens after you drink nectar. Super spicy curry. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. How okay. about you? <laughs> uh, well, mine isn't that. Uh, no. I'm actually going with a stage here. Okay. Uh, we're going with a stage from Splatoon. Now, when I first made a Splatoon stage for the week, this was before the Inkling was uh, in Ultimate were announced at all, then I made a stage out of what was one of my favorite stages from Splatoon 1. Uh, I forgot his name briefly. Salt Spray Rig. But then I found out afterwards... People fucking hate Salt Spray Rig, and I was just like, oh, oh, I, I like it. I, I, I enjoyed Salt Spray Rig. Apparently, it's not balanced, and it is the only asymmetrical stage, depending on which side uh, you're spawning on. So, like, oh, well, one team actually has an advantage over the other, depending on the spawn location that they choose. Which... <laughs> Did I know that? But I still like Salt Spray Rig. So I, so I made that as stage, and then I eventually, you know, did Shellendorf Institute to represent Splatoon 2, and I made an Octo Valley stage to represent the Octolings themselves. Uh, and then I was kind of just like, you know, I want to make a stage for Salmon Run. That wasn't really an area I had um, I had covered. And originally I was going to do, I can't remember what it's called, it's which everyone has like the, the, the platforms that fly back across between two big uh, structures in Splatoon 2, whichever stage that was, was that was going to be my original idea. But then Splatoon 3 came out. And I was just like, you know, two birds, one inkling. I can do a Samurai stage for Splatoon 3. And after looking at each of them and trying to feel like, okay, what are, what are the big identifying landmarks here? And which, which one do I think I can do the best job with? I chose Sakai Station. Nice. Uh, primarily because it has like that big structure in the middle, which kind of like uh, has like a couple different slopes or ramp, not really slopes, but like ramps that you can go through to get across it. I thought, you know what, there's the good, there's a good focal point there. As far as its layout is concerned, it's got, you know, it's it's going to be, it, it's it's a technically a mid air stage, but there's a water level on it. So if you go, you're not going to like be plummeting straight down. You're just going to go into the water. But this isn't normal water like you see on other stages. This is Staminated Ink. Uh, and if you go into the Staminated Ink, you're going to be taking damage. You still swim through it, 
uh, but you'll be taking damage unlike you would with water. Kind of like how Charizard, Sonic, Inkling, and um, Incineroar will take damage whenever they're swimming around in water for too long. Except this is going to be applied to all characters. Uh, <clears throat> oh, they also get covered by ink bite. I'm having to relook at my notes because I made this a few months ago. And so once they get out of it, depending on how long they stay in the ink, they'll be covered up by some ink, so they'll take additional damage from hits, much like they would from regular Inkling ink. Uh, mm -hmm. But then in the middle of the, the, the... As far as the main platform is concerned, you know, it's got a little bit of a little walls on the left and right, with a shorter wall being on the left. And then it has the main structure in the middle, and you can either just, like, run around in front of it, fight on top of it, or there's going to be a ramp roughly about halfway through that you can run up on as well as sort of like a mid-ground in between on that, uh, that platform. The stage has two primary hazards to it. One of them is low high tide, a mechanic that we see in, Splatoon, in uh, Salmon Run, which can either restrict the amount of space you have to fight on or expand the <laughs> land. Uh, you'll see here in the picture, there is a gray section, a dark green, and a light green. By default, the stage is that dark green where the Salmon Run ink is. For low tide... All the ink drains away, and you, that gray area is solid ground you can fight on. The stage will go back and forth between low tide, high tide, normal tide, periodically as the fight goes on, and there will be like a little warning sign on the, the right hand as like Mr. Grizz is warning you, hey, you know, high tide's coming up, low tide is coming in, or whatever. That way you know if you need to get out of the way or somehow get to safety. High tide is a little bit more dangerous because you'll see that the uh, light green area goes above the stage on the left. Mm -hmm. Ink is much higher. You still have that little safety bit on the right because the right side walls is taller, but that left side is going to be completely inked up. You don't want to go over there. Your, your start of the field is pretty heavily restricted at this point. But that's high tide, low tide. Uh, the other major hazard is Kohozuna, uh, one of the so far two king staminids is Platoon 3. He's this gigantic, fat Godzilla like Salmon, just like in split in Salmon Run, he can just basically hop all around the stage, and it's a bad day if you get squished by him. Uh, you won't mm -hmm. like it, even if you like that kind of thing normally, you won't like it. But in Smash, instead of I considered having him actually like jump around the stage, kind of similarly to how he works in Salmon Run, well, just like ah, with the amount of space that there is on the stage, especially if we have a high tide going on. I didn't want to do that because that felt like too much. So instead, I just have him hanging out in the background, kind of like how um, Brinstar Depths has Mother Brain in the background. And you'll just see him kind of like, you know, slowly walking around in the, in the uh, I almost said slime, in the ink back in the background, not really doing a whole lot. But sometimes he will unleash a terrible roar. At this point, he will jump in the background, slam down into the ink, which is going to cause the ink in the background to fly up into the air and start raining down on the stage moments later. It's an ink storm, essentially. It's like the ink storm special move. The ink is going to deal damage to, to any fighters that it deals contact with, and also the ink will get stuck to them with the usual ink properties. Kohuzina will do this kind of jumping back and forth thing multiple times before he eventually just like he's had enough. He you know he's done his he's done his exercise for the day. And he's going to sink back under the ink for a while before he'll come back up and just do his little walking animation again eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Like a salmon run stage in Smash. That's, yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. More interesting than Mori Towers. 
Always has something interesting up his sleeve. Yes. Yeah. Mm, furry guy. Yes. Very mammalian, you could say. And indeed, indeed. Doesn't use a statue. All right. So, what's your next showcase? My next showcase, the final one for this episode, it is Abismaru from Ganbare Goemon. Goemon. Uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, as it's known in his few releases here in the West. Why is his uh, hat tied into his nose? You know what? That's a great question. This is disturbing. <laughs> I don't like it. No. And look, he's eating a jelly donut in that artwork, too. He is. That is absolutely, without a doubt, a jelly donut. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That is <laughs> Correct. Correct. Uh, given, I think that there is a... You know, there, there's, there's an argument that it could be a mustache going straight into his hair. But the way that it's weirdly tied like that, either way, it's bizarre. Either way, it's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not a doctor, as uh, previous localizations called him Dr. Yang, which uh, it was it was the 90s. Um, Legend of the Mystical Ninja came out on this uh, Super Nintendo back in the day. They they renamed Goemon to... Greg? Kid, Kid Ying. And Ebismaru to Dr. Yang. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, not even, mind you, the same Asian country <laughs> that they were pulling that mythology from to create, in hindsight, kind of insensitive translations. But oh well. Oh well. Um, it's Ebismaru. He's Goemon's closest companion, uh, basically the Luigi to his Mario, his player two, um, and his mentor, his sensei, a highly skilled ninja, even though he doesn't quite look like it. Kind of like a Doc Lewis to to Little Mac, essentially. Okay. Um, but he has he has a lot of crazy shit going on. So this is a very rare assist trophy in Smash. Um, I was on a Goemon kick about a year ago, and... and Tossed Abismaru in there, Dragon Koryuta has a stage, going on himself as a character, and just went on and on and on for four or five submissions. So this is one of them, and it's beefy. It is a beefy assist trophy. Um, it has a lot of paragraphs. Yeah, that it does. That it does. So the general gist of it is he appears on stage out of a puff of snow, smoke. Smoke. This is not the sequel trilogy. Somehow. Um, Palpatine returned. Somehow, Dr. Yang returned. Oh, shit. <laughs> they're they're going to do a sequel to Go Yuan one of these days, and it's going to turn out that Dr. Yang is actually a different character. They're going to have both Dr. I... Yang and WC Mario in the game. They're going to be, like, cousins. That would be pretty funny, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so he has a number of weapons. So he's walking. he walks around the stage... Kind of just smiling and, and you know, like he, he can't really hurt a fly back and forth. But he actually has a number of weapons up his sleeve. So 
if anyone gets too close to Evismaro, it gets him into a deck formation. He can break out his wooden flute, his paper fan, bombs, kunai, uh, a hula hula um, kind of hooked weapon, uh, and even a gymnastic ball. Uh, his wooden flute is similar to Goemon's chain pipe, which is the primary weapon in, in Goemon games. Uh, he hits opponents quickly and right on the head to deal some light damage. Uh, Paper Fan, it's the fan from Smash Brothers, but you gave it to him. Fuck. Yep. Bombs, they're lightweight grenades, so they're similar to the Deku Nut. Uh, Kunai, you know, they, they are dished out in threes, each going across like a a 90 degree radius um his uh his hula hula he he uses it to kind of hula hoop around the stage so he's actually shaking it back and forth around his waist and moving around the stage with it um and then he has a bouncy gym ball so he rolls it around the stage and then chases after it and it, it it's a very heavy ball, so it's, it's like a medicine ball, so it can actually ground opponents for a few seconds if it hits them. Um, so after kind of unleashing that random barrage, Evismaru will then uh, stand in place with his hand towards the ground and, and use a one of several ninjutsu techniques that he has up his sleeve. Uh, the first is the Kobun Kao, which summons Evismaro's bovine family member. He, he has a member of his family that's a cow named Kobun. That feels insulting. Yep. But they come moving around down like Snorlax. Um, and then they stand... So it comes down, and it's about half the size of Snorlax, next to Evismaro, and then it charges forward afterwards, and often leaves a few milks on the ground from where it stood. And then um, he performs a kabuki dance as one of his other ninjutsu techniques where um, fireworks will be present on the stage for, for several seconds. Um, he also has a dancing drill, which is a, which is a ballet spin, pirouette, that turns him into a tornado. And he, the tornado of Bismaro travels throughout the stage. Uh, he has a firepower technique that plants a bed of fire ar across every possible stage on every possible platform on the stage. Uh, he has thunder power, which makes every platform encased in, in, in electricity for a short period of time. And then finally, he may perform a healing spell that is like a lottery and a, and a lot of machine will appear in the background. And if he gets, th if he matches three, he can heal the uh, summoner by up to a hundred percent. What the fuck? 25 to 100%, depending on how the lottery goes. And how much of this does he do before he fucks off? Oh, and also he can't be KO'd. He, he can't be KO'd, so if you try to hit him, he can hop away, or sometimes he even it does like a judo throw if you try to hit him, and he'll throw you on the ground. Do I need to make an ultra-rare category? Maybe. Um, yeah, he so he hits people with one of his many, some of his weapons, and then he does a ninjutsu technique. So, like, the cow, the platform changes, the, the, the dances, those are all 
he does one of them before leaving. Okay. He hits people for a while, then performs a technique, then leaves. Dear God. Yeah. I retain so minimal of that. <laughs> like, obviously I have to know what the showcase are going to be in each episode so I can grab the images for the graphics that we have on the video. And I pulled up his page and I'm just like, why are there like six or seven paragraphs for a fucking assist trophy? I'm not reading this. Fuck no. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah. Could have been his own character, but I decided to go a little more cursed with it. You're fucking cursed, all right. Thank you. Let's talk about something a little less cursed. Uh, something, something both childhood and also surprisingly recent... In oh. celebration of the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, hell yes, I have Spirit Battle for Lan Hikari, the uh, human main character of the series, who uh, fights alongside his best friend, Mega Man.exe, who we have right here. And, you know, they, they save the world six times while they're across fifth grade and sixth grade. What the fuck? Why? Why are they in 5th grade and 6th grade? I don't know. But I fucking love this series. They fucking predicted smartphones and everything. It's in, in how everything is kept to the internet, like your fucking fridge and your toilet mm -hmm. and your air conditioning mm -hmm. system and whatever. It's wild. I fucking love them. And the new Legacy Collection is a big old yes for me. Uh, in fact, here's where I do a small plug. I'm streaming the game every Sunday from uh, 2 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Check that out. Yeah. I'm going to do all six games, at least the main game. I don't know if I'll do the post game yet. We'll just see how I'm feeling because some of the <laughs> post games are rough. Anywho, the Spirit Battle. Let's talk about it. First of all, Lan is going to be representing the Spirit Battle by 9 Volt. A character that I made a moveset out of uh, a couple years ago. Uh, he, he's represented by Ninebolt because Ninebolt is also a uh, elementary school student, much like Lan, and is also super into video games and the internet. So makes mm -hmm. sense. That would be Ninebolt. Uh, but Ninebolt will also be backed up by Mega Man himself, Mega Man.exe, the Battle Network version of him, which is the character that I made a moveset for in last season's uh, finale where we did our solo episode. So. If you want to check out that, a character that has 80 special moves, check that out. It was very draining to make work in... Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> additionally, though, Spirit Battle, all you got to do is KO 9-Volt. Uh, if, you, if you fight Mega Man, you KO him. He will just respawn a couple seconds later. He he has infinite lives. Go for 9-Volt. Mega Man is just a distraction. Don't focus on him. Uh, the stage you're battling on to start is Onet, because uh, the town that Leanne and Mega Man are from, ACD's town, is a very small town. Uh, so I think Onet represents that pretty well. But every minute, the stage will stage morph back and forth between Onet and the Cyber World stage that I created for Mega Man as to be his home stage, which, instead of being a grounded platform, is a lot larger in the air. Uh, and almost every single platform is just a soft platform that you can fall through. And there's only two solid platforms, so 
bit of a difference than Onet. But hey, the internet is a wide open and scary place. So it works. And all those little blue dots in the stage layout image for that one. Those are all teleport points that you can go back and forth between. But they're nice. not all active at once. I think there's only like one or two different um, tele teleport areas are active at a time. I can't remember the exact details. Mm -hmm. I don't have the stage pulled up. Just the spirit. But that's Land Hikari. Excellent. Excellent. And here, here to Battle Network. Hell collection. yeah. Legacy it, cool. It's, fun. It, it's pretty uncanny that we're that we're getting like two classic GBA series re resurrected around the same time on the Switch. Oh right, Advance Wars. Yep. I couldn't. I wasn't Given, sure what it was at yeah. first, but I mean, Advance Wars was delayed for like what two fucking years. Jesus. I obviously was we know. It? I well, it was we supposed to come out. Yeah. It was supposed to come out last year, but then the uh, Russian Ukraine war happened. And so it got delayed for about a year. But before then, it was getting delays uh, of like months at a time. That I don't really know what the, what the issues were there. Probably just they nice. wanted more time to polish the game. Yeah, and that that's fair because yeah. I, at least it at least it paid off because the reviews have turned out really well for that game. Yeah, I imagine they also uh, they had probably I'm assuming this team was skeleton crew uh, at that point, but probably once they delayed it. For the year that it was, I imagine a few mm -hmm. people still took the time to like do a little bit of polishing and get mm -hmm. it ready. Although I don't know, they might have had the copies ready to ship at that point. So hard to say. Well, I guess they could have done like one day guy, one patches. They could have, yeah. Remember that one guy who who was able to download the Advanced Wars? Oh remake? yeah. I wonder if he. I wonder whatever happened with that. He, um, I, I remember he actually like reported it and returned it and that was kind of that oh okay so he didn't keep it and yeah. play it no he he probably would have been fine too maybe he just if he leaked it at all then he would have been fucked yep yep because it's not yep. his fault that they put it up on the store available to to buy and download that ain't the guy's fault that's on nintendo no. yeah i i yep. i can understand why he would just want to be like hey I'm just going to uninstall it because I don't want anything to happen and get in trouble. It's like, that's fair. Legally, or at least getting a switch brick. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, good times, though. I, I look forward to playing both of those games, the, the Legacy Collection and Advanced Wars at some point. My backlog is already big enough, as you know. Yeah, um, so it, it, I was planning to do Advance Wars, and then it got delayed, and it's like, well, I don't have time for Advance Wars anymore. A year mm -hmm, ago, mm -hmm. I would have had the time for it. Now I don't. It's like, ah, problem for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have a boatload of PS, PS4 games I have that I need to play through still. And I have Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I had the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 DLC to play through. Because so uh, every all the Xenoblade DLC ways has released before you finished the game. Yep. And you got it what on release? Yeah. Yeah. If it makes if it makes Xenoblade feel any better, I also haven't beaten any other game since then. It doesn't. Yeah. The Advance Wars devs way forward they they said that if they were given the opportunity to resurrect another Nintendo game. That they want to do a remake of Kuru Kuru Kururin. Oh, which is wow! An interesting choice. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah. I mean, hey, if Wave 4 wants to do that, I ain't going to stop him. Nope. It's either that or Rhythm Heaven, they said. Who made the other Rhythm Heavens? Weren't they done in-house? Yeah, it was whoever developed WarioWare is also the developer mm. of Rhythm Heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people that they don't let out of the fun box very often. Nope. Who developed Rhythm Heaven? Let me just double check on that. I I'm pretty sure it was one of the in-house yep. Nintendo teams. Yeah, it was. It was Nintendo SP and D1. Catchy. What else have they done recently? Uh, not a whole lot. The last games they made were actually in 2015. Which would have been, what, the new... No, that, that's older than the new WarioWare. Would that have been Rhythm Heaven? Oh, actually, it's because they, they merged the departments mm. into Nintendo Entertainment Planning and Development, which is like a larger faction, and they don't have a... Oh, yes, they do. So they fold it into the larger development crew. That makes sense. So the most recent games they worked on as part of the larger development crew, Pikmin 4, Tears of the Kingdom, Splatoon 3. Were they actually the primary workers on it, or were they just providing support? Because uh, I don't... I can't imagine, because you said Tears of the Kingdom, Splatoon 3, and Kirby in the Forgotten Land? Uh, Pikmin 4... There's, three and Tears of the, Tears there's of the no Kingdom. way they can be primarily working on Tears of the Kingdom and any other game at the same time. They had to be just like providing small support to those different projects. Uh, nope. It says primary developer is Nintendo EPD. Um, given given um, this department, again, they, they fold it into the absolute largest development team at Nintendo. So EPD mm. is the the primary team, and I believe it's probably a catch-all. They probably have a hundred plus people working in that department. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to work in a couple years. Ha-ha! <laughs> Pretty sure you need to know Japanese. Uh, a small price to pay. The American Sakurai will be able to do anything. No. <laughs> Yeah. Well, interesting. Fun times. That said, there's no showcases. Yep, and we got to move on to a uh, another interesting and potentially fun time tonight. A move set for Tom Nook, that wily Tanuki, who says like, "Hey, welcome to our village. I make you a house. You're in debt now." And then you pay your debt, and he's like, oh, great. By the way, I upgraded your house. You're in debt now. Oh, you paid your debt uh, again. By the way, I upgraded your house again. You're in debt now. It's like real life, but in real life, you never pay off your first debt. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, ha! No, no, you pay it off by selling your house. And going somewhere else to be in more debt. Or new debt, rather. Animal Crossing new debt. 
The heartwarming new <laughs> board game. <laughs> Why is there not an Animal Crossing Monopoly yet? I there is. There is. Yeah. But my next joke is going to be there's not enough locations to fill the board. Now, a Nintendo uh, Monopoly with Tom Nook being the representative for the tax uh, for the tax base, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Or the cards mm-hmm. about rent, actually, would also work. It is specifically New Horizons themed. What? Interesting. Yeah, New Horizons Monopoly. Fun game to play for two to four players. It's only fifteen dollars. What? What? We may play this sometime. We may play this sometime. Yeah. You know what? That would be a fun thing to do oh. for an episode. We just play a board game. How? <laughs> I don't. Tabletop Simulator. Okay. Yeah. We there just you go. gotta make a Smash Brothers themed version of Monopoly, and we're good to go. Or Smash Brothers. Guess yeah. who? Holy cow, that'd be fun. Yeah. That would be easy enough to do, actually. Honestly, it would be pretty (laughs) easy to do. It would just take Mm -hmm. me probably about half a day to set up. Would we bring on guests for that episode, too? I don't know. Good. They they also have Monopoly Junior Peppa Pig. Nope. Moving on. It's Tom (laughs) Nook time. So, Tom Nook. We're going to make a move set for this guy. Uh, we always knew that if we were going to do an Animal Crossing character move set, it was going to be Tom Nook. We were both surprised he wasn't the second Animal Crossing character to be added into Smash. Not that we're saying anything about Isville, we just expected Tom Nook. Mm-hmm. But now we're just like, hey, F it, let's do it. I was going to make a move set for this guy like four or five years ago, back when I first started doing the Smash Dopey Wiki. He was one of the first characters that I had in mind to make a move set out of, but I struggled with it. I was, and I kind of just like, I don't. I have partial ideas, but I don't have, I don't have the whole thing, and so I scrapped it. Mm-hmm. But now we're here, we're doing it, and I think I can make it work now. But we'll see how you derail what I did and how I will derail what you did. That's a lot Just of like times how it turns game out. Of life itself. So yep. Sometimes we derail each other's movesets. Sometimes we actually fill in the holes. Because, like, I'll be honest, one of my one of my specials. I ain't confident in. And I'm hoping you got something better than it. Because <laughs> it's serviceable, but I don't think it's great. I will see. We will, we will see. see. Just but like your we... first half of the time that builds for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we got to do the interest animation first, as always. Mm-hmm. So for me, when it came to a lot of things with how I approached Tom Nook, I looked at Villager and I looked at Isabel and I saw like how they've already pre-established things for Animal Crossing in terms of representation. And when it came to some things, I tried to do my take on them. Well, it's just like being like, hey, you know, Villager for his interest animation, he walks out of his house. Isabel for her interest animation, she walks out of City Hall. So what do I do for Tom Nook's interest animation? He walks out of Nook's Cranny. It's the same fucking deal. There's a small Nook's Cranny there. He walks out. He closes the door behind him, and the building shrinks into a little small puff of smoke, and now he's here ready to fight. Yep. 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 Same. Exactly the same. Good. That means less mm-hmm. work for me when I put this on the wiki. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now for taunts? No, Kirby hat. Oh, yeah, fuck. You keep forgetting the Kirby hat. That is so strange. It is. 
Uh, so for my Kirby hat, uh, I decided to have Kirby's going to have Tom Nook's ears on top of his head. But also, the little dark fur pattern around Tom Nook's eyes, he's going to have that on his face as well, which would kind of look like a mask. Uh, but then he's also going to have like, the little droopy eyelids that Tom Nook's has over Kirby's eyes. What about Tom Nook's apron? Uh, I did not do that because that's actually not what I have selected for his default appearance. Oh, I have, uh, which image did I grab? Uh, do, do, do. My default image, uh, if you're looking at the video, it's the Tom Nook in the bottom left. Uh, it's the one, it's his look in um, New Horizons, that little, that button-up shirt he has. Oh, not, he not, not, the, not the Amiibo sweater, uh, but the button-up shirt. That's mm -hmm. my default mm -hmm. appearance for Tom Nook. Like the Hawaiian style shirt, the island shirt. Yeah. yeah. That said, I nice. do have the little apron um, is one of the alternate costumes. Nice. He could he could walk out of resident services in that outfit and walk out of Nook's cranny in the apron. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, just a thought. Um, okay. Now taunts. Because I agree with the Kirby hat. Okay, now it's taunts. So what's your first taunt? My first taunt is mentioning quickly, Tom Nook is also the current first place inhabitant of our Rate Their Chances series that we do as a precursor to our Smasher Dash episodes. When you say first place, are you counting both season three and four or just season four? I'm pretty sure both seasons. Okay, yeah, it looks like, yeah, points. season three was when he did him. He had a 92% rating. Yeah, so we're pretty confident that he will appear in the next Smash. Animal Crossing is a big deal, at the very least. Yeah. So, uh, my first taunt, Tom Nook flips up a single bell coin before returning it to his pocket. Okay. Yep. Mine has Tom Nook pull out the Nook phone, and he's going to be having a conversation through it. Uh, you'll either see him do one of two things. He's either going to be chortled joyfully during the conversation, or he's going to get angry at whoever he is talking to and have those little uh, anime anger marks moving about his head. One of the, one of the Nice. Two. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my second taunt, Tom Nook sadistically chuckles with his arms crossed, a mischievous shine in his eye. All right. Which All right. Something that he does in Animal Crossing, and there you go. My second one, Tom Nook will pull out a small wooden sign with a hastily scrolled message on it, and he will hold it up over his head. This sign could say one of a few different messages, including sale, 50% off, now open, buy, sell, or even stonks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> I went there. Yeah. I went for a meme on this moveset too somewhere, <laughs> but it's not that that low brow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. Our our mutual friends will be proud of you for that one. Sometimes you troll me, sometimes I troll you. Excellent. Excellent. Final taunt for me. Tom Nook raises one hand over his brow and dabs. I veto. Just kidding. It's actually Timmy and Tommy appearing hmm. and they dance in a circle around Tom as he applauds them. Okay. My final taunt, Tom Nook will pull out a 
full bag of bells and shake it vigorously, kind of like Wario in Wario Land. Shake it. The sound of jingling coins can be heard uh, rather vigorously. <laughs> nice. Okay. Victory Yep. God. <laughs> okay. Going back to Timmy and Tommy for a second. With bags of bells at his feet, Tom Nook sets his hands to the sides and chuckles as Timmy and Tommy clap for him. All right. Yep. My first one, bells will rain down from the sky seemingly undignantly as Tom, Timmy, and Tommy Nook all run through the raining bells like children running through rain. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. My next one. Tom Nook jumps from a diving board into a sea of bells and swims through them like Scrooge McDuck. He, he Scrooge McDuck's, yeah. Yeah, I think we all know, knew where you were going with that as soon as you said dives. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My second one. Tom Nook will walk outside of his shop, Nook's Cranny, and flip the sign from open to close as he dusts off his hands from a hard day's work of being nice. people senseless for their money. Yes. Yes. With a bag of bells. Yes. Okay. My final Tom Nook victory pose. Tom Nook sits on a gold throne with one leg crossed over the other. A smug look on his face with stacks of bells in the background. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna choose Taunton victory poses this time around. I don't I don't I don't know how we're gonna do this. Alright, well my final one. Timmy and Tommy Nook will stand to either side of Tom Nook and throw bells towards him in celebration of his victory. Tom Nook, meanwhile, with a smug look on his face before pulling out his Nook phone and speaking into it, ready to close on a deal. Nice. Nice. I could never go for real estate, so good for him. Yeah. Not yeah. my business. Working it. Oh my god. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, what are we gonna do? You know, normally um... we have a couple stinkers and we can just easily <laughs> throw them out. We don't have as many stinkers yeah. this time. No, 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 no. The the things that I think are the weakest are, or rather, like we don't need to have two of these more things. I don't think we need to have both bell uh, bell bag shaking and coin flipping. I don't think we need to have uh, because it sounded like you had one time one victory pose that were near identical. I think where Timmy and Tommy Nook appeared and he just laughs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I would also say that my one where he walks it up Nook's Cranny is also on the weaker side. Right, because you can argue that, oh, you see it in the entrance already, so. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, it's there because it's kind of like, you know, bookending the entrance. It's like, hey, he walked out, uh, ready to fight, and now he's yeah, he like, all right, down. now I'm closing it, closing for the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty, That that is... It's nice. It's full circle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, you're right. It's it's one victory puzzle with bags of bells at his feet. Tom Nook sets his hands to the side, and Timmy and Tommy clap for him. And then another one is Timmy and a taunt is Timmy and Tommy dancing in a circle around Tom Nook as he as he claps. 
Oh, he claps um, now. I thought they clapped. Yeah, and and of my Tom's, I think that's probably probably the weakest one because it's not as Tom Nook like you know it's it's a little less full of himself. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the taunts, um, I think your um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That threw me off for a second. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. I think the sign's the best one. Um, out of yours, out of any of them, I think the sign's the best one out of any of them. Yes. Um, and should be fast tracked. Yes. Um. Bell co- flipping a coin versus a full bag of bells. I like your bag of bells better than the coin. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, anyway. Um, as for the third one, we have him on his nook phone. We have him have a stein in his eye. Uh, you know, like, oh, I'm going to screw this guy over. Or, uh... no, that's actually it. That's actually it. If we get rid of the Timmy and Tommy one, that's it. I think I was mentally combined the Timmy and Tommy one with the Shine one. Because I think that one, he laughs evilly. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's okay. true. So that's, that's what I, yeah. I had both mixed up in, in head. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, what are you thinking for a third time? Nook phone? I mean, it's a, it, Nook phone, I think, is the most immediately identifiable Tom Nook. Um, it just also appears in, the victory, in one of the victory puzzles. I think they could be combined. Oh, yeah? Nook Phone is already set so that Tom Nook will do one of two things, either laughing joyfully at the conversation or having anger marks. What if a third option is the uh, evil laughter? Yeah. Because he just yeah, screwed someone over. Yeah, that works. That works. Okay. Well, there you go. It's easy peasy. Those yeah. three... Those three are locked in. So we're going for Nook Phone with the additional emotion, the sign, and the shaking of the bells. So for victory poses, we have a lot. <laughs> we have there's, there's a... bells raining from the sky with them all dancing through it. Uh, we have him uh, exiting Nook's tranny, flipping the sign the closed. Then we have Timmy and Tommy Nook throwing bells at him as he has a smug look on his face and gets back on his Nook phone. Then yours, we have him sitting on a golden throne with a bunch of fucking bells all around him. We have him Scrooge McDucking through bells. And then the third one, <laughs> Timmy and Tommy clap for him as he looks evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my advisory here, my thought is lean into like as much money bs as possible um so because i think the ones where we really ham it up with the bells on both your side and my side are the the funniest yeah it it sounds like we want to fast track bells raining from the sky and scrooge mcduck yes works for me but then what is going to be the final one uh is it the gold throne, or is it just Timmy and Tommy throwing throwing bells at him? Or, yeah, yeah, there you go. Give me the full details for the or, throne again. Or is it both? Combine it. Have Timmy and Tommy throwing bells at him as well as he sits on the throne. Okay, Tom Nook sits on a gold throne with one leg crossed over the other, looking smug with stacks of bells in the background. 
You can have Timmy and Tommy clapping in the foreground. I don't. I, I was trying to debate: should they be clapping in the foreground or should they be throwing bells? I'm I'm leaning towards having them clap. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think that's that that's what I would do. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> so we have our six. We do. Three toss and three victory poses. Hell that yeah. That was really, that was fucking, that was easy. That was easy this time. Honestly, I didn't know. I, I think the attacks are going to be where we have a little bit more difficulty. Because uh, Tom Nook both is very simple, but also is potentially complex. But as far as like animations are concerned, Tom Nook has a very well-defined personality or fan personality that we've kind of injected over him because the developers mm -hmm. say that what are you guys talking about tom knows not fucking evil he just likes to fucking help he charges for his services but he likes to help out it's like okay but we all think he's evil because he's puts you in debt against your will the later games you know you can choose to get the upgrades, but animal crossing on the gamecube as soon as you finish your debt he upgrade your house on his own it's like you're in more debt now it's like yep. i'm sorry that comes off as slightly evil he's the most realistic villain nintendo has well i wouldn't say the word realistic but i would say relatable yeah yeah <laughs> you either are tom nook or you're screwed over by tom nook you're either tom I'm nook just... or you're the villager yep now, if you're the villager from Smash Brothers, Tom Nook has an issue. Yes, because he's not in <laughs> Smash Brothers. Yep, he's not a serial killer either. Anywho, let's move on to the actual moveset now. Okay. I'm rather curious how this is going to go. I think we'll have you Me start too. off as well. So what is your standard special for Tom Nook? Okay, my standard special for Tom Nook is called Purchase. Okay. Similar to, I, I think, in the scope of Smash proper, it isn't unrealistic to believe that each Animal Crossing character's standard move is pocket or something similar. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how every Fire Emblem character practically has, an, has a counter, as well as several other characters in Smash, unfortunately. <laughs> um just about, but not quite. Uh, so, with purchase, Tom Nook pockets any item that he is holding or next to, adding it to his overall bell count. So, with uh, my Tom Nook, <laughs> he has a extra skill that I'm going to get into now. So that to preface everything out. <laughs> what? Fuck! fuck! I'm gonna let you finish, a, but fuck! Is that a? Is okay. I'm very curious if that's a fuck. Why is it getting complicated? Or why is he stealing my idea? The ladder. <laughs> it could have gotten a whole lot more. But I can already tell that mine is probably but... a bit different, but mm -hmm. keep going. Mm -hmm. My extra skill is for Tom Nook is called Forever Alone. 
He has a bell meter beside his fighter portrait. There's a little icon of a bell bag next to his fighter portrait. For for every for every attack he lands or hit that he takes, Tom will receive a set number of bells. Okay, we are different here. Once the bell meter hits 100, Tom is able to cash in on his entire loan. Like, 100 is the max amount of bells he can keep at any time. Doing so at 100 bells will heal him by 25% and grant him a temporary overall buff to his attack, defense, and speed, as well as grant him temporary invulnerability. While buffed, Tom Nook will sparkle and glow. Cashing in when Tom has between 50 and 99 bells will grant him a lighter overall buff and 10% damage yield. Cashing in when he has between 1 and 49 bells will heal 10 will just heal 10% damage. Attempting to cash in at 0 bells will have Tom humorously open his wallet, pout and sigh. <laughs> Uh, returning to the standard special. Tom Nook pockets any item that he's holding or beside, adding it to his overall bell count. More powerful items warrant a higher number of bells received. For instance, a golden hammer may be worth 15 bells, whereas a hammer is worth 10, and a Deku Nut is worth 5. Tom Nook is able to throw the pocketed item back at opponents, but will need to press the special attack button immediately after pocketing it. So, you know, pick it up, throw it, immediately, or it will go towards his bell total instead. Throwing it will actually toss it, toss it back towards the... So when, if you do opt to throw the, the item instead of adding it to your bell count, Tom will actually throw it forward as a bag of bells instead of as the item itself, like Villager Isabel would. The more expensive the item, the heavier the bag, and the more damage it will deal upon being received, you know, upon being hit, hit hitting an opponent. Although contrary to the standard laws of physics, the bag of bells will travel faster and more impressively the heavier it is. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Because I noticed you were only mentioning items. Villager and Isabel can pocket projectile attacks, whether they're physical like Link's arrows or energy like Samus's charge shot. Is Tom Nook able to pocket these and sell them? Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. Good. <sighs> Good point. Good point. I'll add that in. Well, now let's get into mine and how both similar and different it is. Okay. So I think it's fairly safe to say that any man I'm across the character that gets into Smash will probably have pocket for their standard special. <laughs> this is this is honestly like when I said that um I was having trouble with Tom Nook previously, that was before Isabel was showed up for, for um Ultimate, and I was trying to figure out what to do with all of Tom Nook's moves. And the move that I originally had laid out for his standard special for this move set, I slotted down to the side. But after Isabel got um, uh, Pocket as well, I was like, well, fuck. Tom Nook's gonna have Pocket. Hell yeah. Uh, but I have Pocket just working exactly the same as uh, Isabel's Pocket and Isabel's Pocket. There's literally no difference to the actual standard special that is Pocket. That said, the extra skill adds a twist to it. I call okay. my extra skill sell slash buy 
because depending on what Tom, because depending on if Tom Nook is holding anything in his pockets or not, will determine what the extra skill does. So if Tom Nook either has something in his pocket or is holding onto an item in his hands, he can use his extra skill to immediately sell that item and exchange it for bells. <laughs> so he doesn't. So he doesn't increase his bell count by dishing attacks or anything like that. Instead, it's just purely from picking up items or things that, or projectiles and selling them. And he has to, he has to manually choose to sell instead of just being something that automatically happens when he pockets. Uh, the number of bells that he can have will be displayed next to his damage percent, much like yours. He can also have a maximum of one hundred, just like yours. If Tom uses the extra skill while he currently has no items in his hands or in his pockets, then this extra skill becomes buy, and he will spend the maximum amount of bells he can to purchase an item. Some examples of this. Uh, a low amount of bells, I don't have exact numbers on here because holy hell, uh, but a low amount of bells could result in just like a tube of wallpaper that Tom Nook can hit opponents with for a low amount of damage. Not quite as weak as the fan item, but yeah, not much stronger than the fan item either. A more minimum amount of bells could result in him getting a piece of furniture that Tom Nook will toss forwards. Uh, it will first appear as like the leaf that items do when you are dropping them on the item in, or on the ground in Animal Crossing. Uh, it'll float out a short distance, turn into the item, and then fall. Uh, the exact piece, size, and damage of the furniture item are pseudo-randomized from a list of different possibilities. He might throw out a lamp. He might throw out a dresser. He might throw a bed. Kind of just depends. It's much like how Game & Watch has his uh, side special with has its randomness. We got a random element here. Uh, a high amount of bells could result in him getting the axe tool, which swings slow but hits really hard and is virtually identical to Villager's axe that he gets when he's already grown a tree fully on the stage. He's going to sell that axe for his down special. A maximum of 100 bells could result in the golden axe, which which is the same thing as the axe, but it swings faster and hits even harder. Nice. And that is nice. pocket and sell slash buy. Okay. Okay. This is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> yep. <sighs> I think my, mine my, is less complex, but we'll see. My side special is furniture leaf so tom nook gets a takes out a green leaf you know the animal crossing item leaf and he tosses it forward it, he lobs it as you do with these sorts of things uh a leaf you know it travels forward a fair bit it goes rather slowly towards the ground floats a little if you if you will uh, and before long, if it touches the ground or after after a certain amount of time, it turns into a furniture piece. Uh, now, you know, just like with Mr. Game & Watch and his, his randomized nature with, with his judgment attack and some of his other attacks, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a random nature to this. There's a, there's a preset list of, of a lot of different furniture pieces that, that Tom Nook can, can potentially pull out when he uses the furniture leaf, and they can range from anything from a lamp to a dresser. Or uh, maybe even a bed, a couch, a table, chairs, a tall cactus, uh, an NES and TV set. Anything like that. Uh, as you would imagine, the, the, the heavier the item looks, probably the heavier that it is, the more damage it'll do. 
Um, and then certain furniture pieces, like the tall cactus, will also bear spike damage when, when you throw them around. Because it's a cactus. Of course. Um, yes, yes. So, um... You can throw a lava lamp. He can and catch them on fire. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, maybe even the bowling ball set. You can roll it across the, the ground. It's it's a random thing. Um, just pick it up and throw it around, whatever it is, and, and have a blast. Maybe even bounce on the bed, you know, like a spring jump. Maybe. Yeah, good, good, good time. Yeah, that's... that's. that's I mean, it makes it... You know, most people, when you see a Tom Nook moveset, toss the leaves, have them turn the furniture... Is is on there? I think it would have been mm -hmm. on there for Vill. I think it was on there for Village before Village became a character in Smash. People thought, oh, he can toss furniture. Like this makes yep. sense. Yep. yep. It'd be it'd be more surprising if we didn't have that move somewhere involved. Yeah, yeah. So we got it out of the way with both of our things now. Yep. <laughs> but my site special is different, sure. obviously. Mine mm -hmm. is. Uh, I mentioned that this was my original standard special before. You know, Isabel solidified pocket this is bell toss tom nook oh. will toss forward a heavy bag of bells tom nook can toss two bags of bells one or the other and they fly on a slight arc through the air but there's a five percent chance that tom nook will throw either timmy or tommy nook instead of a bag of bells if timmy or tommy nook is thrown and they hit an opponent they will latch onto their face and scratch them up Dealing less damage and no knockback, but leaving them open for further attacks. Uh, actually, they're going to scratch from face. They will, you know, jump off and scurry back to Tom Nook. That's pretty entertaining. Yeah. They'll scurry back to Tom. Will they disappear after that? Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, that that's fair. Bell toss is a move that gets thrown around and, and like Tom Nook move sets on yeah. Smash Forge or whatever. But having it include Timmy and Tommy is a new innovation. Yeah, I didn't want it to just be toss and bells. I wanted to like do something with it. And we we've seen, you know, other attacks that have like that little bit of like, wait, what the fuck? Like King Data Day back in Brawl. It was it's mm -hmm. normally Waddle D's they toss, but sometimes a Waddle Dew will come out, sometimes a Gordo will come out. Nowadays it's just Gordos, which is sad. But this is kind of like meant to kind of go along that same track where usually it's this. But there's a small chance something different will happen. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Does that also affect his bell count? No, no, no. No. Bell count is purely from uh, selling and buying. It's not it. by anything else. Okay. So, sounds good. Sounds good. Up specials. My up special for Tom Nook is Pole Vault. Okay. Like in New Horizons, you can you're, you become a pole master. So um, Tom equips himself with a pole. He's got a real pole across position. The, that he does. And vaults across the stage. It's a curious recovery move, given that it's mostly a horizontal trajectory. But Tom can vault further than Battlefield with the right amount of momentum behind his swing. I imagine you if can also you... tilt the control stick a bit to like change if he goes like high up in the air or down towards the ground or something. Yes. Yep. And if used in midair, Tom will have to land on a platform or fighter to foot still from off of them and fall forward. Otherwise, he'll just flail around helplessly with the pole before it drops down. 
there is a benefit to the pole dropping down as well. Uh, since it'll, if it falls down, it can it can deal light damage to whoever it hits below it. Um, when used on a fighter or a platform, though, Tomnook has a good chance of temporarily grounding them. Uh, a fighter, rather. Um, during any of these situations, Tom will have multiple instances of super armor, disallowing ne'er-do-wells from vandalizing his vault. Okay. There it is. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So my special is different. Uh, I took some cues for Vildra in the spell for this one as well. Uh, you know, both of them use balloons to propel themselves up in the air. Uh, and that's how they do their up special. So that's not what I did. I took inspiration from something else that they do. Villager's down special. No, I'm sorry. Villager's side special lets him ride a gyroid like a rocket. Mm -hmm. Isabel's down special lets her plant a gyroid like a mine trap that will fire up afterwards. So I decided, let's also give Tom Luke a gyroid, but I didn't want it to be on the side special or the down, because that's been done before. So I decided to go with the up special, Lloyd Launch. A, dry, a gyro will appear next to Tom Nook and begin, and begin to rocket up into the air. If you only press the input, then the gyro will, will launch upon its own, much like how the villager can have it go on its own without him riding it for the side special. But if you instead hold the input down briefly, then Tom Nook will grab a hold of the gyro and ride it up into the air until it reaches a tight and explodes. Nice. Will that damage him if he travels with it when it, ex it explodes? I don't think it's down with no. this villager, so no. Okay, okay, good. Also, Isabel's down special is evil, and so is her side special. <laughs> the con Neither one of them... I think side special on its own is more evil. The two of them combined are just villainous. Easiest combo in the game, and it's, like, so bad to run yeah. into. Like, oh my god. It's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right, that, that's fair. Continuing tradition. Yeah. Nice. Down special time, though. Yes, it is. Uh, my down special is Money Tree. <laughs> so, you know, the villager's down special, he grows a tree. Yeah. Yeah, so Tom Nook takes a bag of bells and buries it. He then waters the sprout that comes up from after he's buried the bells. And once it's watered, a money tree blooms. Three bags of bells appear on the tree, each worth between 5 to 25 bells each. So it's smaller or larger on the tree. Um, Tom can either use the standard special to pocket them and add them to his bell total, or do what anyone else is able to do and break them off the tree to batter his foes with them. The heavier the bag, the more damage it deals, and the harder it is to swing around. Uh, the tree doesn't fall down. Maybe villager can chop it down or, or something like that. But um, generally, it'll just wither back into the earth after a little while. Yeah. There you go. I feel like villager should be able to chop it down. But no other character's attacks would probably affect the tree. Okay. Because I don't go. think I don't think any attacks other than Villager's axe can affect his own tree, right? Like I don't, I don't think, think you can so. Doria it. No, I don't think so. Now I would say the same applies here to Tom Nook, except Villager, since he already has his tree, his axe from the tree, could chop down Tom Nook's tree. But I think that's the reason why that's fair, because he only has the axe when he's fully grown his own tree. 
<laughs> that and Tom Nook and your moveset could chop it down with his axe. Uh, yeah. yeah. If if both parts become part of one moveset, yeah. <laughs> okay. So down special. Uh, so you know, Vulture can plant Are you tree, <laughs> and Isabel can plant the gyroid as a trap. Uh, my Tom Nook does neither of those things. Okay, I think. Ah! Gotcha. After you said Isabel, I was like, "All right, never mind." Yeah. Uh, so um, I actually don't have. He it, it's kind of a trap-ish kind of not really. This is the move of all mine that I'm the least invested in. This is paint spill. I had nothing else to hey. go with. Tom Nook will swing a can of paint in front of him. The paint deals light damage. Uh, and a little bit of knockback, kind of like, you know, Squirtle's water gun will kind of push opponents back. Uh, but it will also stick to the stage for a few seconds. It doesn't stick to other fighters, but it just sticks to the stage. So it's not like an inkling ink effect. Uh, mm -hmm. But if the fighters try to run through the paint, they will trip and take damage from the fall. Bit of a, like an oil slick kind of a deal. So, takes inspiration from like remodeling the houses, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I, I hear you. All right, inklings are are mad. He's taking up their turf, as ah. he would want to do eventually. Yeah. Eventually, he'll show up. The mammalians, you know, scrumbly little creatures. Oh dear. Final smashes. <laughs> My final smash is the TNT Emporium. Okay. Tom Nook holds two Sensu fans, uh, paper fans. And performs a traditional celebratory dance as Timmy and Tommy laugh and begin building the TNT Emporium. You know, the the prime most upgrade for Nook's Granny, the super Which mega mart. game is that? Because I don't remember seeing that in, when I was looking going through my notes. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was New Leaf. Or, or City Folk. Uh, any fighter New Leaf. caught in the building prep. Yep, there we go. Any fighter caught in the building process will be added into the construction, uh, becoming a part of TNT in a grand celebration that ends with Tom, Timmy, and Tommy cheering in front of the store before it blows up in a procession of sparklers and fireworks. It deals heavy damage and knockback to the point that opponents with more than 100% damage at the time will be automatically KO'd if they're inside of the Emporium. Um, it's roughly one and a half times larger than the house that Timmy and Tommy build for Villager, for instance, in the Final Smash. So it's just a souped-up version of that. I, uh, I mean, both both Villager and Isabel have that kind of Final Smash where a building is built in front of them and the fighter gets trapped yeah. in it. So once again, right, right. following that train of thought. Mm -hmm. That's not my Final Smash. Does he have a really big can of paint? It's an apartment complex. What? It springs out of the ground like the doctor right is sitting. No, that's not at all what it is. My final smash right. is debt collection. Okay. <laughs> a gleam will shine in Tom Nook's eye as he spies a chance at some cash. Tom Nook will dash forwards with an empty bag. If he makes contact with an opponent, well, he's going to throw the bag over their head. We're getting a little bit mafia here now that I think about it. But hey, it's fits. 
But once the bag is over an opponent's head, Tom, Timmy, and Tommy Nook will all race around the fighter, dealing constant light hits of damage as they forcibly collect money from, from the fighter's pockets and put them into their own to pay off the fighter's debt. At the end of the attack, Tom Nook will swing a now overflowing bag of bills collected from all that fighter's, uh, well, it's not their money anymore, but the money that they used to have. And he's basically just going to, like, swing it like a baseball bat, smack him with their money, and send them flying with empty pockets. What the Deck collection! <laughs> it's a bitch! It sure is. It sure is. So we're fast-tracking that move. <laughs> Deal. We're fast-tracking that move. Okay. Easy stuff. <laughs> but now we have several other moves to consider, including a mechanic. Yeah, I think we have to we have to figure out the, the we got to go with the mechanic first. The mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the standard special extra skill combination needs to be figured out first. Because mm -hmm. that will also determine Definitely. the side special. Well, not the not the yeah. I mean theoretically it doesn't have to because my version of self by doesn't have to include the furniture. Also true. Also true. Um, I think the argument here is presenting for both. The argument for yours, it works, and it's more easily executed. As uh, Keenan Mart says, it's simple and clean. Yes, it does. Yes, it does, Utana. Um, the argument for what I came up with, I don't know. Give them a little bit more. I think That's the basic. main, I think the main thing that I don't like about yours is the fact that if you pocket something and you don't immediately choose to throw it back, then it automatically gets sold. That that's mm -hmm. the that's my hang up with it. I don't like mm -hmm. that aspect. Mm -hmm. I want him to be able to do the regular pocket, and then he can choose to sell if he wants to. Right. Right, right. That's also true. That's also true. Um, remind me again. Like, okay, wait. Never mind. So you sell it, and you can you can buy items essentially. And the more yeah. you have, the better you them. Yeah. Right. So, like, lower tier items would be things like if you just look at a stick, a, just a tube of of wallpaper, or maybe a watering can, or I don't fucking know, a flower pot. But as you go up, it's going to be a more valuable item. Like, you can throw out a piece of furniture, or you can get the powerful axe to do a strong attack with. Um, I didn't write down a whole lot of the details for this one, because there's just a lot of items that I could choose from with Animal Crossing, yeah. and I didn't want to put in that work ahead of time in case it didn't get chosen. But it could be a long list of possible things. If it uh, does get chosen, from that. Mega Man.exe style work ahead of you. Just kidding. Yeah, I will just... 80, 80 items. I would condense it and just be... Essentially, here are some examples. Use your imagination for the rest. <laughs> but then I think I think the other big difference between yours and mine is that yours is more about if you buy or if you spend your bells and you get a little bit of healing and uh, potentially a stat buff. Mm -hmm. And controversial opinion on my part, I think that yours, your extra scale mechanic, better exemplifies the experience that you get from playing Animal Crossing than mine. Okay. And it, and it, and it simply is what it is. 
Mine is a little more typical. It's something that could be applied to multiple characters, not sell, not by collecting bells, because bells is an Animal Crossing currency, but the general idea of it being a gradual stacking buff can be applied to multiple characters. Yeah. I, I think Your, the other hard thing is healing. Yeah. It's real mm -hmm. difficult to give a character any kind of move that involves the ability to heal their own damage in Smash. There's a few times with some characters that we've done it. We've given them something. But mm -hmm. every single time, I think it's something mm -hmm. that we both have to tell ourselves. We're like, okay, is this something that one is going to make sense here? And is it too powerful? Because yeah. the ability yeah. to heal is a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I tried to be conscious about that. I feel like 10 to 25% isn't a ton for the work you have to put into it. Mm -hmm. But, again, it's a moot point. Buy and sell is Tom Nook's thing. Directly, it is his thing. We should go that way. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Then the follow-up question would be, does Furniture Toss stay in sell slash buy and Bell Toss become the side special, or does it get removed from Cell Slash Buy and become the side special? Good question. Um, I see it as a benefit to to Cell Slash Buy. Okay. I think that it really works there. I mean, you, it's it's a great like mid to high tier addition to what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, which, so I'm fine checking Furniture Leaf 2 and just transferring it into the extra skill. Okay. And then that leaves Bell Toss with a side special, which it's simple, but Timmy and Tommy bring the spice and make it worthwhile. <laughs> I think so. Like, without Timmy yeah. and Tommy, it's a serviceable, if boring attack. But with Timmy mm -hmm. and Tommy, I think mm -hmm. it makes it a lot more interesting to see play out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, with that being said, we have the up special and the down special to go. And I think yours win. I was going to agree. Yeah. I was going to agree on, on like, both. I fronts. don't. <laughs> like, on one level, um, Pole Vault is, does, does read a little weird to me because, again, it's an up special? Question mark? Mm hmm. It sounds like mm -hmm. it should be a side special. But I think it's it's less, like in my eye, it's less of a pole vault and more of a slingshot launch. Like, imagine yeah. like an Angry Birds slingshot kind of a deal. And it's also, this is borderline what I did for Burrito Bison last year. Uh, <laughs> if you know the Burrito Bison <laughs> Flash game, I made a Burrito Bison moveset last year. <laughs> yeah, I was on I, some weird shit. Not gonna lie, uh, it, it's it's because it kind of, I actually no, I think I made it this. I think I made it to be the the standard special, the launching. But it's borderline that same kind of thing. You're except you don't get like a chance to like you don't have a long time to like choose where you're gonna go. You gotta gotta do it like in the moment right away, or he's just gonna go with the default position. But it's more about just like yeah, you can you can launch yourself top uh, horizontally, or you can launch yourself down. You can launch yourself a little bit more in the air. But then what I really liked about it is when you mentioned the pole vault or the pole falling and hitting somebody that's below. That mm -hmm. was the moment that really sold me on pole vault. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, 
Yeah, it turned it turned out pretty well. I I I think it's it was my favorite move out of anything that I came up with for for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, money, and tree money tree and paint is spell. Yeah, I, I wasn't yeah, sure about it at first because I wasn't sure mm-hmm. where you were going to go with the fact that these are money bags and you can sell them with pocket. I, I wasn't too sure where you were going to go with it at first, but then as you kept on explaining, I was like, okay, okay, I'm with this. Yeah, yeah, just throw them around, baby. Yeah, maybe you can you can grow Timmy and Tommy on that tree too. Also, clarify, because I don't remember if this was mentioned in your money tree, uh, Villager has to go through a couple different steps to get his tree fully grown. Play with the sapling. Mm-hmm. Water the sapling. I think he has to water the sapling a second time, if I remember correctly. And then the tree grows. Is money tree the exact same way? I had it as burying the bag of bells and then watering it, yeah. So just one water. Yeah. I thought okay. for Villager is just one water too. I, I could I'm gonna mistaken. I'm gonna look it up. If Villager is one water, or if Villager is two waters, do you still want Villager or uh, Tom Nook to be one water and have him be two? Nah, we can make it two, I guess. Okay. Continuity I'm... sake. Villager, there you are. How does your tree work, sir? Plants, waters, chops tree. Okay. It's just, okay. it's just one water. Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember. But that works for me. Yeah. Well, we got our moveset. Very uh, very smooth. I wasn't too sure how Tom Nook would go. I knew we had the potential for this to be an easy one, but we also had the potential for this to be complex. And I'm very glad it wasn't too complex. We started yeah. out with me being very worried with uh, your... your uh, extra skill pocket combination was like oh man if he makes this all work off of a bell system we're gonna have a problem because mine doesn't i tried not to do that because we've run into this issue before yeah on this podcast and yeah yeah but it there we go sometimes. tom's done was a, well, a good move set it's solid it's good the attacks are done yep we have a couple more things to do before we wrap up yeah, first of all, unique traits, crawling, extra jumps, all, all that kind of fun stuff. Personally, I don't... Not every character needs the ability to wall jump or to crawl or to wall cling or what the fuck ever. And I don't think Tom Nook is one of the characters that needs to do those things. So I said nothing. Said so he can float with his tail like Tanuki Mario. Nope. And, I, and, I, and after a certain amount of time, if he swims for too long, he inflates. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Just no. Do you know what Tanuki Mario would look like if he actually flew like a re- like a real Tanuki would? Anyway, I don't know. We're moving on. Yeah, we are. Alternate costumes. So this was actually this is fun. This was fun this time. I yeah. I went with um I went with the Sora style of doing it where he has uh multiple different outfits and then one color change of each of those outfits. So I've got, you know, his default is his Nook Incorporated Hawaiian shirt from uh New Horizons. Uh then he has a, a yellow version of that. Then he has the Nook's Cranny outfit, 
a red version of that. Then he'll have his Nook and Go outfit. All the all the outfits past the Nook and Corporate one are taken out of uh, Animal Crossing on GameCube. So after Nook's mm-hmm. Cranny's outfit, it's the Nook and Go. Uh, then I'll have a gray version of that, the Nook Way, an orange version of Nook Way, and then Nooking Tins, and then a green version of Nooking Tins. Yeah. You don't have the green vest from a, from Amiibo Festival? I don't have the green vest. If I was going to have another one, that would be what I would go with. But mm-hmm. then I would need to come up with four more completely unique outfits, uh, which if you have, cool, let's discuss. I know that there's also the... Um, there's the there's the lottery outfit in it in the original Animal Crossing, but I didn't have enough different outfits that I liked and that I could find good pictures of. There's also the winter coat from, I think the mobile game, and there's a yellow jacket that he has. So there, I think there is. I listed ten unique mm-hmm. ones. I like your take on it too. I'll just say, look at my notes after, after you know, what before, and if you feel like taking them, then do it, and if you don't, I don't care. Sure. Uh, do you want to yeah. do you want to say what the rest of your unique ones were, or were they already covered? Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, just the full list real quick. It was Nook's Cranny, Nook and Go, Nook Way, uh, the Monthly Raffle Lottery, Nookingtons, the Green Vest, the Yellow Jacket, the New Horizon Summer Outfit, that's your default. Yes. Um, and I agree with that being a default. And the Winter Coat. Okay. Yep. If it wasn't for New Horizons, I would have Nook's Crane as the default. But considering just the, just considering how huge New Horizons was, and um, how central he is, even more so than usual to that game, I felt the Nook Incorporated outfit was a good choice mm-hmm. for a default. Yeah, it's um, it it's a game that came out at the exact right time. It's almost yeah. like Nintendo. For what would happen that year? Eh, let's not. They had a crystal ball. Like that they're, one cat. They're, no, no. We are not implying any of that. There are lines. So that's the alternate costumes. I'll I'll probably... Um, if I can find good... A lot of times it's coming down to pictures. If it's something that's established, I want to have a good picture that I can put on the wiki page... And then I can have an outfit or put that out in the alternate costumes. So if I'm having good outfits, I'll probably will go for like all the 10 unique outfits. I just didn't Mm -hmm. because I just, when I was looking for things, I just couldn't find things that I liked. A lot of times the pictures are those Amiibo card pictures and they have this weird grainy filter over them. It's like, why is there this grainy filter over the picture? I hate that. (laughs) It's dumb. Mm -hmm. Anywho, we have one last issue to talk about with Tom Nook. Home stage. Uh, I just went with Town and City. It already exists. It's in Smash 4. I thought that was simple enough. Coming up with additional Animal Crossing stages is not an easy feat. I was thinking yeah. maybe something that would represent New Horizons, like uh, Island Getaway or Deserted Island or whatever the hell you would have been calling it. But I don't have an immediate image in my mind of how that would go. So I just like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just write down Town and City. Yeah, I basically, I just jotted down something New Horizons. I had no idea either. So Talon City's fine by me. All right. Talon City it is. <laughs> okay. Easy enough. Good times. Yeah. That's Tom Nook. The Tom Nook Mule. Yep. 
that's all we got on Tom Nook. There's nothing else to talk about. This is one of our, uh, this was among our quickest uh, Smash Up that we've done. We weren't, you know, running up on the two hour mark this time around like often happens. So we're kind of done. Uh, we'll see you all in the next episode. It's going to be a Smasher Dash. Uh, it's going to be a themed Smash Dash. We've been doing that a lot lately. This The, the theme this time around is going to be uh, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Wait, huh? what? That's weird. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. See you all then, I guess. Yeah. Bye, Tom Nook. Never, 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 never.